Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning. Good Saturday. Oh my, it's about to flood and off we go. More rain happening here in the forecast. Lots of things about weather, humidity, moisture. We talk about all of that today on the Helitech Home Improvement Show right here on KMOX. We've got a one-hour show. Cardinals come up. Uh, pre-game show 1220 right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. Go Cardinals versus Pittsburgh Pirates today at uh, 1210. So stay tuned. Lots of things to talk about here this morning. My name is Scott Mosby, and we are going to talk about your home, your house, any of the issues around the uh, various things, the collapsing multi-unit uh, condo building down in Florida, and how that relates to what I talk about every week right here on KMOX. So many things that kind of tie in. If you uh, really want to understand all these things, fear not. It's uh, the simple laws of physics, and Mother Nature is most definitely in control. Mother Nature's job is to grind us all and return us back to dust. So ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and uh, that's all part of the weather process. That is what affects our homes, our office buildings, condominiums, the structures we choose to live, work, and gather in. That's something we're going to talk about today. And I have 10 phone lines wide open for you. Give us a call here and let's chat about the topic you want. 314-436-7900. Toll free anywhere on the globe. 800-925-1120. Call in. My producer, Alex, will answer the phone. He'll ask you briefly what your topic is and uh, put you on hold. So that's what you can expect. And you kind of sit, you can listen to the radio show. So while you're on hold listening to your phone, um, you can basically hear what, you know, what topics I'm discussing and who I'm talking with. So that's what it is. You sit there, excuse me, and then you wait until, you know, next up it would be, you know, then you hear me say, hello, John, how are you? So just be aware that calling in is uh, very easy to do, 314-436-7900, and then Alex will chat with you uh, and uh, put you uh, on hold, and I have a computer screen in front of me that comes up and it says, John, uh, question about irrigation controllers uh, or windows, whatever the topic might be, and that's how I know who's next, and, you know, so I don't answer 12 toilet questions in a, in, in a row. You know, basically, I still want to vary the topics, questions, the answers, discussions, various things about that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. As I promised, um, the big collapse of that condominium unit and loss of life, uh, you've heard it cited on the news that poorly installed windows and doors cracks and movement and deterioration from water. All the things I talk about right here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Uh, Likewise, our main sponsor, Helitech, is involved in managing and mitigating the effects of water on our homes, our basements. You know, the structure that actually holds up our house is our foundation. So water is a very pertinent thing. 
So when you hear me talk about how important it is, people call and they ask and they say, you know, what's the best window in the world? And my answer is typically the one that is installed correctly. And, uh, you know, and, and we're seeing that with this uh, collapse of that building. Uh, now, in the whole thing with the current events, COVID being a somewhat uh, current history and still, you know, we're there. We're still trying to get everybody vaccinated and herd immunity, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, those various effects on the supply chain. So what happens if you shut down a country and a manufacturing sector? Can you get the widgets and the gidgets that uh, build windows and doors? So most of these products are difficult. So we have long lead times on all building parts, you know, dishwashers, appliances, uh, lumber went up to uh, 500% there for a while. <clears throat> now it's moderating back down. Uh, but as the world comes back into production and we return to a more normal life, uh, and we still have people, you know, that come down with COVID and they, you know, then you've got to shut down a section of whatever to protect the workers that were exposed. So all of that continues to be part of our life every day and interrupting the manufacturing process, the shipping process, or what's discussed as the supply chain. Everything gets from you to me from whoever made it, <clears throat> grew it, fertilized it, whatever. So we have a very complex international world and all of us are kind of in this together. Uh, when you disrupt one or perhaps one factory somewhere on the globe, shuts down for a week or two, we may not get two weeks of refrigerators because on another part of the globe where the refrigerator is assembled, built, put together, Maybe here in the U.S., they don't get the widgets and gidgets that go into that fridge. So many things to talk about. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947 uh, by my father. And I tried to do him right and do his uh, honor, you know, his reputation, good honor and good justice. Uh, Many of the things that I know and discuss today, I learned from my father. Uh, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, for example, Dad, you know, I bent this nail over when I was setting this nail. Um, you know, it's like I, so when I was working for my dad as a carpenter in my 20s, you know, I would make mistakes <clears throat> like anybody else. And he'd say, okay, now here are your two choices. You can drive that nail in further, bury it, putty it, and all. But about 10 years from now, that nail is metal, and that wood trim is wood. So eh, that bra- it's going to break the paint, and you'll always have a ghost mark for an unusually large uh, blemish on there. So your best bet is to pull that nail out or replace the trim. So that kind of training, it, it was never like, you have to do it this way. It was, here are your choices. Uh, you can choose to take the easy route, or you can do what you know in your heart is right. Uh, and that really guides very much of what I do here on KMOX, of uh, trying to empower you with the what and the why and the how, because I'm not really there. You still are the eyes and the ears, and you're on site, and I'm, you know, in the studio here in KMOX. So the concepts, the topics, the laws of physics, expansion, contraction, moisture, walls, all that, again, back to the condo down in Florida that collapsed, 
they don't even have a freeze cycle. So think of it. Um, so the windows have a little bit of leak and the door leaks a little bit. But if you think about it, <clears throat> on a multi-story building, let's just say five stories, you know, the window leaks on the fifth store story. You know, well, then that water gets in the wall and it moves down to the fourth store. Well, that window on the fourth story leaks too. So now you've got the water from the fifth and the fourth story. And that goes down to the third story window. And then you, So the cumulative effect of all these things you know, even for us, where we might be in a two-story home or a one-story home, it still starts up high, and it all starts with that roof. The w roof sheds water, or does it? Does it properly put the water into the gutter, carry it away, down, out, and away from the foundation? Well, we think it does. Well, what if it doesn't? How do you know? Who goes up there to check? What signs can you and I as consumers, what I call the walkabout, you know, and I urge you to go outside and walk around your house and just kind of be aware, does everything on your house look kind of the way you would expect it to be, or does it look different, unusual? Um, and, and it may be a little bit of an uncomfortable feel. Well, that discomfort, that uncomfortable lack of familiar, like, you know, there's a big stick up there. Where would that come from? From a big tree. You look up and then, you know, you say, oh, golly, I've got a branch that looks like it needs some attention. That stuff's been falling for a while. Maybe it wound up in my gutters. So anyway, all those things tie together, both the condo, the water, window installation, flashing, water management, gutters, um, and the deterioration that Mother Nature brings. We do have uh, a lot of freeze-thaw cycles here in St. Louis, whereas Florida does not. They stay above freezing most all of the time. So anyway, we can talk about that more. You have some good questions here on the radio. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service. This is KMOX, and I'll be right back after this. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here. Phone lines open 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's start with our phone lines here and go right in order. Talk to Barbara. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you today? Hello. Um, I have a question about the proper installation of evaporator coils okay. on an air conditioner. Um, to try to summarize quickly, we had a... a an air conditioner was installed years ago. Um, it had twice yearly maintenance according to an agreement that we paid. It, they came out in June, checked it, said everything's fine. Two weeks later, we noticed we, it just wasn't cooling. Uh, we called the company one who did all the work for years. We called them back. They sent somebody out. He checked it. He said everything's fine inside, went outside, told us that uh, we had a leak in the coil. It was, uh, and he re recommended replacing the entire system. Well, before we did that, we got, got a second opinion. Company two came out. The gentleman went, went through a thorough check of all the vents, the returns. Um, he checked downstairs. He called me downstairs to look at it, and he said, it looks like your evaporator coils were not installed initially. They were not installed properly initially. He said that usually they come in a box. The entire box is slipped in the furnace. And he said, it looks like they took this out of the box to keep from having to have sheet metal work done to fit it to the furnace. And he continued to go outside. He checked everything, said our Freon levels were fine. He said there's no leak in the coil outside. 
Um, so we called Company One back, told him the information. He got a little defensive, came outside, or came out to the house again, checked it, said, oh, no, that's you can install those that way. There's nothing wrong with installing them that way. And I said, well, you know, this other company told us that you should have put the entire box in. And he said he knew there was a box because the front cover of the box was installed on the side of the furnace. And so... I'm just questioning. I mean, the second gentleman also did the, I mean, the company one came back and he did the leak test, could not find a leak, apologized for it, said possibly the technician didn't tighten the cap when he checked the Freon and that's what caused it. Anyhow, company two said uh, he put some metal tape to try to close in the evaporator coils so that the airflow was good. So I'm just wondering, what is the proper way? I tried to call the manufacturer, and they were not helpful. <laughs> they didn't, couldn't tell me anything. Well, this is where you're buying um, a company and their reputation, their uh, their values, whatever that is. The, and there's so many different ways. There's there's slant coils, coils. There are A coils. So it's an know, N coil. It's a what? N N shaped coil. Okay. Golly. Uh, but the, the answer for that is uh, beyond my general knowledge to start with here, Barbara. Um, number two, uh, some coils come shipped not in the air handler and some come shipped in the air handler. Uh, but I, effectively, this is why I like when everything gets replaced, you buy all new so that uh, the opportunity to put it all together in the factory is at least the manufacturer has that. So I can't speak to this specific issue. What is the proper way? Well, that depends on the shape, the model, the air handler, all of that. So, And, and frankly, I'm a generalist, so I, you're well beyond my badge level and pay grade on this one. Um, but again, it's like anything else, were I in your shoes, you know, what does it look ship shape? Does this thing look like it was properly installed? You can generally, as a consumer, tell care. You can't necessarily tell, you know, whether they properly put it together. But I will say, most units um, nowadays, how long, is this, how long ago was this unit installed, Barbara? Approximately 12 years ago. Hmm. Yeah. I, and the only reason I can look at this is if. They had an extra coil, or like today in our economy now, sometimes you can't get the coil, and uh, you know, technicians are forced to put this coil into that air handler because there's nothing else available for the next four months. Uh, so unless there's an unusual circumstance going on 12 years ago on that, I can't really speak to why they would have done what they did. But you know, know this, not every uh, technician is fully... Uh, experienced the way the others are so you know not everybody's created equal uh, in their skills so well, right he attempted to turn it around and say well you didn't have any trouble for all these years how were we to know you know we're paying them for their expertise yeah. and when the second company came out and could easily see he said well this box belongs to I mean the cover belongs mm -hmm. to a box that should have been inserted and he said sheet metal should have been used to attach it, right. and that he understands if it didn't fit. But the inside unit and the outside unit were purchased at the same time. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I just, how do you trust somebody when you think they've done it, right? And then somebody else comes in and says, well, that was causing your outside unit to work harder because it's giving the signal to the regulator that you need more Freon. And so for all these years, the outside unit was running hotter, he said, than it needed to. So, you know, how do you know to trust somebody? You, you don't, and you can't, unless you're a service technician. Even if I was there, you know, watching the guy install it, you know, that's not my A list of skills. So I can tell when somebody's being careful. I can tell when they're not being careful. But, you know, as a consumer, that's kind of outside. We are buying, and, and this is where it gets to those brand names again. It's like, well, why do you buy brand name A over B over C? It's like, well, you know, I've got a lot of experience with this company. I've had, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You are buy, buying that dealer and trusting them to put somebody who's fully and properly trained with the right equipment at that point yep. of install. Yeah, so you're you're buying a company, your dealer, not even right. a manufacturer, and that's why you're hearing so many of these manufacturers say, you know, this is a, uh, you know, uh, Lennox-approved installer. Well, that means they've been trained in installing and putting together Lennox products. So Right. You know, well, I called the manufacturer, guys, and yeah. they said they had nobody there to tell me, but they would direct me to a local dealer. Right. And she was going to give me the name of the person who installed it. And I said, that's the problem. I don't want to talk yeah. to the gentleman that, you know, the company that installed it. I need to know how it is supposed to work together. And it right. seems nobody can really you can't, explain Barbara. to me. And it's just frustrating. You can't without being a service technician in that trade. It's uh, we're buying the we're buying on trust. Uh, it's right. effectively what we're paying for, and right. sometimes we get it, and sometimes we don't. Um, so I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's uh, my apologies okay. for a poor service from a company that should have done better. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Take care. Um, again, it just wow. That's a tough situation. You know, twelve years of good service. You know, but you don't know when it's put in. When you buy a new car. You know, you think you're getting good gas mileage, but how do you know? I mean, you never had that car before, so it and it's better than the old car that was six years old or whatever. So Barbara's experience is, you know, unfortunate, but probably not unusual. Uh, let's go next and talk to Tony. Hey, Tony, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help, sir? Hi, Scott. I have a question regarding a, uh, a claim, uh, an insurance claim that I have on a roof. Mm -hmm. that needs to be replaced. And my question is, do I share that claim with the roofing contractors that are coming out to give me bids on the roof? Yes, yes. Um, and and here's why. That uh, claim, uh, the insurance company will write that claim and they will issue it quickly uh, to deliver good customer services, but generally they deliver that claim according to their database uh, and and um, it's usually about 60 to 75 percent of the actual cost of a new roof so they get close and then it's really the <coughs> excuse me pardon me there the installing contractor then has to do an inspection and then write a new updated proposal so really, that that first um, claim is just a starting point for estimating that roof. There's no real 
uh, competition or whatever. And just, a, you know, according to Barbara's previous phone call, you know, you're buying whoever installs those shingles. So be aware you're marrying yourself, your roof, your house, you know, and the water tightness of that to whoever's nailing on those shingles. Um, so just be aware. But no, there's no risk to sharing or not sharing that insurance claim because basically it's underpriced anyway. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome, Tony. Uh, before you go, uh, the, the whole insurance industry is a very tightly controlled uh, mechanism. Um, for example, and, and people call us about doing insurance work and such like that. There's a software program, and the software program has a database, and they roll it all it up from the installing contractor up to the insurance company. And it is very intermixed. It's, you know, whether it's an auto, um, you know, auto body claim for a collision or roofing. So the process is highly controlled from the beginning to the end. So much so that several states' attorney generals are suing some of these insurance companies for price fixing, you know, or the attempt to price fix. But that's why your first estimate is kind of just a pretty piece of paper, but it really matters to the next contractor. Sometimes those claims adjusters are pretty good and they get pretty close, but for the most part, you know, like Barbara's experience on an installing, you know, air conditioner service tech, not everybody's as good as the next guy. So anyway, just be aware that it's a tightly, very controlled process on the paperwork flow. Uh, and the part that really matters, you know, the bloke that's installing that roof shingle, he or she are the people that really bring the value or not. But, you know, it's a highly controlled paper process. Yeah, it's really hard to, to know which of the contractors out there today are going to do the quality work that will make a roof hold up over a long period of time. But I'm doing right. my best to learn about their reputations and their craftsmanship. To, to pick the right person, but yeah. it's not easy. Well, here's another one, and I don't think you'll be happy. I'm not happy with the answer. Who installs this roof? Do you have your own employees, or do you subcontract the installation? And you'll find that 9 out of 10 companies, because of the low price of the insurance industry, um, you'll find those are all subcontractors. So the guy you're buying the roof from really uh, they subcontract it to an installing crew uh, who might be Hispanic, who might be, you know, not English speaking. And, and, and that's not a problem because their crew chief comes out, you know, and they do fine. But if you want to talk to Joe on the roof about, no, I want it to look differently. Sometimes those language barriers get in the way of the consumer talking, you know, to the installer. So just be aware, siding, roofing, windows, all of that is an enormously subcontracted industry. So who you're buying the roof from may not even be related to who nails it on your roof. Are you aware of any uh, roofing contractors that have their own crews? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, you're welcome to call our office. Uh, you know, there's there are very few that really have their own install crews. I, I will say that because it's an expensive way to do business. Um, and Understood. So just be aware. Do you have your own employees? It's like, well, we have installer crews that have been working for us for years. Well, that, yeah, of course it is, but it's a subcontracted industry. You'll know it because anybody who has their own employees, you know, you'll pay an extra 10 or 15% for that roof. <laughs> and the insurance okay. companies do not like those guys because of that. 
Oh, okay. Thank you, Scott. Good luck, Tony. Take care. Thank you. Bye now. Uh, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We've got the cards and the pirates coming up here, 1210 today. Phone lines open. I've got some great questions. We're going to take for a break for now and come back for more after this. This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Okay, back together. Home improvement. Uh, first caller was Barbara this morning. Uh, she had an unfortunate installation uh, about 12 years ago with an, a coil, which is the um, uh, the evaporator coil. Anyway, uh, poor installation, uh, second opinion, identified that. Uh, one thing I do want to say, it's always easy to judge somebody else's work. Um, so uh, when you get a second and third opinion, uh, generally people know that you've got uh, something wrong. So be careful. Uh, it's easy to take a swing at, at uh, previous work and somebody else's work um, because you can all you're it, it's easier to deliver bad news than it is good news, frankly, when you're uh, assessing somebody else's work. So just be aware the tendency is to knock the first guy. Um, but it sounds like Barbara had good advice and had a pretty good, you know, I'm, I'm familiar enough with uh, heating and cooling and airflow and such that, uh, you know, that fan or that skirt for the airflow, the piece of sheet metal she was talking about should have been installed. Uh, Tony, uh, insurance claim on a roof. Um, uh, that is a tightly controlled group of contractors that actually does in insurance work. And just beware because it's hard, it's uh, almost completely a subcontracted installation where the company you're buying from doesn't really have those employees to install. They subcontract it out. A uh, little bit of apparel there. Let's go to uh, John and see what's happening. Uh, John, good morning. Welcome to CamWex here. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, Scott, I've got about a 24 30-inch uh, pocket door in a high-end bathroom that went off the track in the mm-hmm. on the back side inside the wall. Yeah. Um, is there a technique for getting that back on track? The one on the front's on, but the back isn't. Uh, the, yeah, the, that's an unfortunate uh, situation there. Sometimes you have to open up the door. Uh, the way that door gets installed um, is... Um, for the door not to pull totally out of there um so typically the jam the board that comes down that that the latch is on uh that piece of wood comes off allowing the door to slide further out that exposes both rollers um uh do you see the second set of rollers back inside the wall at at all can you see i haven't got that far yet it's just um, something that happened recently and uh talked to my builder from 20 years ago about it and he said well he'll come look at it we haven't got together on it but just uh, yeah. one of those things i i was thinking about some uh, a wedge piece that i could cut off of a two by four you know and and uh, sliver it thin to, to a little thicker and see if we could go under the door to prop it or i was thinking about putting a screw in the end of the face of the door and trying to pry you know pull that in order to pull the back side of the door up i didn't know if those were feasible techniques or not well the the way that door gets hung like any other sliding closet door which is effectively the hardware is you you tilt the door out of straight up and down so you pull it toward you until the bottom of the door has moved 12 inches off its original path and then those rollers then hook easily into the sides of that aluminum or steel track at the top so it's 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 swinging the door 
basically out of the wall cavity that confines it now that allows that to happen. Sometimes you can pull that um, wheel mechanism off if you can get to the Phillips screws. Some of those uh, screw to the top of the door and some of them screw to the side face of the door. Um, but the goal is to make the opening big enough that the door swings out or to just by you know sheer brute strength pop those wheels back into the track but when you start bending the track or forcing it like that you also contribute to the future of jumping the track again because as you make those wheels go back in you're either damaging the nylon wheels or the metal track or bending it so yeah, the walls on each side of this door have high, extremely high-end wallpaper on it. Probably not, oh, you know, yeah. fixable. So yeah, don't don't mess with that. Replaceable. Uh, yeah, wait for the pro. Uh, this is one of those things where it's you know fifty dollars, you know, um, you know five dollars to turn the screw and forty-five to know how and where. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. Good luck, John. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Cam Wex. Uh, lots of, and these uh, pocket doors, they're, uh, just to tell you, there are um, standard pocket doors that might have one or two rollers on each side, and then there are higher-end carriages that actually have rollers on two sides of the track, so it's like a, almost a four-wheel trolley carriage that rolls up in those tracks. Those are for heavier doors, more expensive hardware but the issue with that is they're also much since you're paying you know instead of paying say forty dollars for the hardware you might be paying a hundred and forty for the hardware what comes with that is better adjustability and removability uh, for just this situation but you know just an example but most of those are not available on a retail level because they're so pricey that they're seldom used unless you've you know been motivated you know much as John is trying to get this pocket door back on. Uh, we're going to take a short pause. Come back for more right here on Camwax. This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center, celebrating 50 years with you, home of the Big Red Chair. Now Scott Mosby on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together. Cards versus the Pittsburgh Pirates coming up today at about uh, 12, 10, 12, 15, just after the top of the hour. We'll have news, weather, and sports here in a little bit. Uh, Cardinal baseball right after that, so stay tuned here on KMOX. Let's go to my friend Roger and see what's cooking. Hey, Roger, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Yes, sir. I think I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some leftover insulation from another home um, project, uh, it's six-inch uh, thick fiberglass with the craft uh, facing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a family farmhouse that is in desperate need of insulation, especially uh, between um, the rafters um, in the uh, attic. And I've been told that um, I should not use any kind of moisture barrier on that um uh, insulation. My thought was I would just put the craft face toward the uh, ceiling, um, and uh, you know have the rest of the fiberglass exposed. But they say that's not a good idea because uh, moisture will get trapped. What's the story? Well, uh, having a um, th- that is true. So generally speaking, no vapor retarder, no craft paper goes on the ceiling, the bottom of the attic. 
um, because as you put some sort of a vapor control or vapor retarder um, on the walls, the house needs somewhere for the moisture to escape, and that's designed and, and historically um, why you have blown-in attic insulation because it doesn't have any vapor barrier. Uh, if you're installing a vapor barrier retarder, barrier is the wrong terminology because we don't want to trap the stuff, um, it would go toward the warm side of the wall. So when we put in a vapor retarder in St. Louis... The code still says on the warm side of the wall. So you're in St. Louis. Where is that? Which season? You, you know, so you're wrong half the time anyway. So that's where you come to this point. You can pull that craft face off, by the way, and just put the insulation in. Okay, that was my in. next question. Yeah, yeah that, that would yeah, be the optimal. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right, that's what I'll plan to do, but I'll have a mask on, breathing apparatus, and I don't know what else because of the itch. Amen. But, well, uh, keep in mind here, um, you're not, the proper way to put in craft face insulation is to fold the ears out and staple it onto the face or the side of the stud or, or ceiling joist. You're not going to seal that up. So even if you put it in with that craft paper on it, it's not real. There still will be moisture escape available to it, whether you put paper up, paper down. So it, the real truth of all that is, it's going to be a snug fit or a push fit, not really a stapled, um, pretty much consistent vapor retarder craft face, because you're not really going to get the opportunity to put it in this is a retrofit you follow what i'm saying roger yes mm -hmm. so you but really can't do this person, wrong anywhere <laughs> <laughs> could a person to maybe um, help this uh, moisture release even more um, make slices uh, take a razor knife and slice into several places there in that craft paper and then uh, push that yeah. down towards the uh, ceiling yeah, interesting thought. Uh, yeah, you could. That uh, it just increase. You know, you're not really going to stop the air leakage or movement. But yeah, you could. That's that's a good thought. I hadn't thought of that. That would be uh, a benefit. Yes. Okay, because I really don't look forward to trying to tear the paper off. Uh, I mean, yeah. it really releases the itchiness. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you there, brother. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, thank you very much. One other side question that I just happened to think of. Um, yeah, we have a uh, probably a, a brick chimney that goes up through our house, through the roof, and uh, it's probably uh, it's rectangular. Uh, it's Make two it quick, about by, 10 seconds uh, here. Okay, about four foot. Um, uh, can you seal the, uh, like the flashing just uh, around that with uh, like... Um, uh, caulk yep. or whatever. Okay, Roger, I'll get you top of the hour. KMOX, back for more.